not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Um, We're down to the final two games of the season And your interest is about as high as ours It's the view from the ninny and for the final two games of the season Ben Price, you're laughing already, what's funny about that? Just that your interest is as high as ours. I'm well up for this, mate. I've been buzzing all day for it. All right. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that you're so bored at the moment that this is what you have to look forward to. Tom, are you, have you been as buzzing as Ben? Oh, yeah. Absolutely bouncing all day. It's a highlight of my week. So, yeah, can't wait to get started. Again, I'm very sorry that <laughs> this is the highlight of your week. But here we are once again. We must talk about the Wickham game that happened yesterday. Cardiff won 2-1, effectively relegating lovely Gareth Ainsworth and lovely Wickham and lovely Joe Jacobson. And I don't know if there are any other Cardiff City players playing for him. Um, ben, I guess the, the first question is, do we need more Cardiff performance like that? It was unfussy, solid. We created chances. We won. We looked dangerous. We didn't look too worried at the back. Is that what we should be benchmarking our performances for next season? Just boring football? Yeah, it wasn't the most exciting of games, but it was sort of consistent, wasn't it? It was, it's been Effective. a big, yeah, it was a big improvement on what we've had the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's all we need at the moment because before that, it was shite. It was shite. I mean, it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't bad, was it? It was just unfussy. Nothing really happened of note. Are you, are you talking about my love life or? <laughs> I was talking about the game there. I mean, we can go into that if you want. This could be a counseling session. Let's not open that can of worms. Oh, what's happened uh, then? Uh, you know, 10 years or someone, you know. <laughs> Did she listen to the podcast? 10 years or someone, you went, yeah, no, she doesn't. She's, she's outside though. And yeah, she probably heard the websites we were discussing just before we came on air. Oh, no. Um, for those who are interested in what websites we were discussing, we were discussing Punternet, which is a prostitute <laughs> review platform. <sighs> For no reason. And this podcast has taken a very weird turn very quickly, Tom. Can you bring us back on track? Did you like it, the performance yesterday? Would you review it on Punternet? <laughs> Would you review it on Punternet? <laughs> uh, well, let's stick to the game. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's really thrown me. Really thrown <laughs> me. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Don't know what to say. No, it was... Um, Considering we've got nothing to play for, it was a decent performance, wasn't it? Like, um, it, we did what we needed to do. We still had a few wobbly moments, but we kind of came through it. Um, but thank God we've got Kiefer Moore. That's all I can say. Yeah, Kiefer Moore got his, took him up to 20 for the season, Ben. Um, his first goal was was quite the goal, wasn't it? It was a brilliant finish. Just the whole thing. Took it from out wide and ran with it. And it sort of shits on anyone that says he's not very good with his feet. That was top quality skill, one of the best goals we've that's other than Will Vox, it's probably one of the best goals any other player scored this season. It was superb. He's done that a couple of times a season, hasn't he? Where he's kind of broken into the box, took it round a player, and then you know, I think well, I can't remember what game it was, but I remember that goal where he cut back inside onto his right foot from his left and put it past the keeper as well. He's got that within his, his locker, hasn't he, Ben? He has, and it's he's sort of had to do it because half the time when he's got the ball out wide, no one's in the box where he would ideally be as the striker. He's meant to be. Yeah, so he sort of got to have that in it to get two twenty goals. And his second goal, Tom, was... Um, it was just a very... It was a snap finish, wasn't it? It was kind of a, a very very much a striker's goal in the box. Yeah, and you kind of watch him before the ball falls to him, the way he kind of drops away into some space, where he kind of anticipates where the ball can drop, so he, can, he creates that moment for himself. 
he's just a very, very clever striker. And like you said, for that first goal, it's a little bit worrying sometimes that he has to drift into those positions to kind of create his own chances. And in some games, it's quite frustrating because you just kind of want him to stay within the box. But I tell you what, he, he has got fantastic feet and it's a great finish. It's the only place he can really put it from that angle. And he just makes it look so easy. Um, and I think like he's got some people give him a bit of a reputation for just being a bit of a cartel. So they clearly don't watch him every week. He's brilliant. And like, if it wasn't for him this season, we, we could have been a lot further down that table. Yeah, well, we can talk more about Kiefer Moore's goals for Cardiff um, in a section I've called myth-busting. Not sure why. Um, but yesterday, another tall player, Ben, um, took some of the, the plaudits. Uh, Ruben Colwell got his first start. Um, he slotted in immediately, didn't he? He just didn't look like it was his first th- first kind of start for us. He did really, really well. He massively impressed me. 60 minutes. I, I'd like to see him get the full 90, to be honest. He was, it wasn't like he was sort of blowing after those 60 minutes to come off. Um, he was superb. First half, anything good we were doing was from him. He set up Murphy for one that Murphy probably should have scored. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, looked so composed. Great on the ball. Not afraid to get stuck in. And yeah, like you said, just didn't look like it was his uh, first start in the championship. Does it freak you out, Ben, that he was born in 2002? Yeah, lots of things freak me out as I get older, but that's definitely one of them. I, I'm getting to that stage now where like the I'm older than most of our squad. And I don't like that. That really terrifies me. Also kind of uh, Ryan Mason, currently a Premier League manager. We're older than him at the moment as well. Uh, yep. We're always going to be older than him. That's how time works. Um, <laughs> but he's he's in his late 20s in the Premier League manager. Uh, Tom, Ruben Colwell, body of a man, face of a 12-year-old. It is quite confusing, actually. Isn't it? It's yeah. very confusing. He's um, like six foot four, built like a brick shithouse, but he looks 12 in the face. It, it looks really weird. Like... Because you think he's going to be shorter than he is when you see him up close on his face, and then it kind of pans out. It's like, oh fuck, he's massive. <laughs> yeah, he's... You half expect him to be end up being two people, like two kids, one on the other one's yeah. shoulders. Yeah, 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 a trench coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trench coat, yeah. <laughs> a few tickets for the adult screening, please. <laughs> but no, he, he he did really really well. I think let's try not to get too carried away because we tend to do that because we don't have many youngsters that come through. But and there's a reason why Wickham are bottom of the league as well. I think. We can, we can get a little bit carried away with that type of performance. But, you know, it was a good performance. And he does look at a talent. And I think, like Mick has said, isn't he, he's going to be in and around that squad next year. And it's great to see, like, people actually coming through now and making an impact as well, not just being a token academy player on the bench. Is it important that we do temper our expectations with him, Tom? Because, like, I think there's been, there's you know, we've we talked about a golden generation of players coming through and all of a sudden we've got him, Isaac Davis, Keenan Patton, uh, Baggin, who's already made an impact, Sang, who's making an impact, Kieran Brown, who's been playing for the team. But he seems to be the one that we're focused on, right? Almost not as much as Aaron Ramsey, but he seems like the next player who's getting the plaudits like Aaron Ramsey. But do we need to just take a step back with him and appreciate how young he is and how far he has to go to become a regular in this team? Yes, definitely. And I think, I think why we get carried away is because of the position he plays as well. You know, we're not going to get quite as excited about a full-back or a centre-back, but we've been crying out for, like, attacking talent to come through our academy. And I think when Mark Harris broke into the team, I think we all had that gut... Exactly. We all had that kind of gut feeling that he probably isn't going to be a fantastic talent. It was kind of a case of we didn't have much in the squad at the moment. But with Colwell, I think the impact he's had at the end of 23s, how quickly he's adapted. Because he hasn't played many games at, at, at the youth level either. So to come in and look as steady as he did with like his back to goal as well, holding a play and laying it off and the runs he was making. It's really exciting to see that. And it could be really interesting to see him forging the kind of partnership with more if he does get a bit more game time next year. 
two tall lads forming a partnership together, Ben. Um, how high do you think Colwell's ceiling is? You know, we talk about we talk about people like Aaron Ramsey, people like Joe Ledley have come through the academy. Where does he where does he rank on that scale? Do you think at the moment, or how do you feel? Where do you feel like he ranks? It's really hard to say. Like I've not seen too much of him, but he looks a talent. There. If everything goes right, he avoids injury, keeps his head down, he works as hard as he does. There's no sort of end to his limit. There's a this potentially like our next big sort of sale, sort of twenty million pound player in him. If he if everything goes right for him. But with the wrong sort of guidance in his career, he could quite easily end up as someone like Woking. You know how it goes with sort of those players. He's at like a really delicate stage in his career now where he's got to be managed perfectly. Um, we see so many players sort of come in with a bit of hype and drop off for nothing. Um, it'd be a real big shame to see it happen to him. And hopefully uh, with Mick there and sort of he's managed right next year, he sort of sets it up and then, yeah, sets on for a really, really successful career. I think though, the problem is because we don't have many players who come through, we put this hype on nearly every player that does, thinking they must be special because no one else breaks through. I think if he was at another club, um, you know, they're used to seeing players playing from their academy on like a, w- a weekly basis. So they don't quite get the focus that we're probably giving him. It's like we, he's played one game for us and there'll be people calling for him starting now every week from here on in saying, give the youth a chance. And I think that's where it becomes a little bit crucial that we don't overhype him. And I think it benefits that we weren't in, in the stadium for this game as well. Mm-hmm. And from, from now until the end of the season, he can get some minutes under his belt against like better opposition, but also with the same feel as the youth games have with no one watching. So it's quite a nice little transition period for someone who is breaking through into our team. I think the yeah. big thing is, though, the big hype around him, sort of why everyone's so excited, like you said, Tom, it's because he's a striker. Yeah, Nothing more exciting than seeing your own academy prospect score lots of goals. I don't think we've we haven't had it since Earnshaw. No, we won't have really. Um, Earnshaw was the last kind of striker we really produced. So Cameron Jerome, I guess, but he he came to us later on, didn't he? Yeah, he it's not like he, he's been there for year through the academy and sort of worked his way through a system. Um, yeah, Earnshaw yeah, probably is, or the goal scoring machine that was Nat Jarvis. <laughs> oh, Nat Jarvis, international footballer though. So um, you know, watch your mouth with him. <laughs> Yeah, he played for, um, I can't remember which of the Caribbean islands. It might be St. Vincent. Um, St. Vincent a band? <laughs> St. Vincent is a band. Uh, he played for Antigua and Barbuda. Correct, yeah. I did not know um, that. Yeah, exactly. So four caps for them, Ben. How many caps have you got for Antigua and Barbuda? A six. Oh, well, well done. How many goals did you score? <laughs> Six. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom, we talk about Perry NG coming back into the squad. He, he was hooked for Osei Tutu at half time, and Mick highlighted the mistake he made leading up to the penalty. Um, it, you know, NG started like a, ta- a tank when he came into the squad, um, but in the last probably, you know, maybe it's the end of the season settling in. He seems to have uh, dropped off a little bit towards the end of the season. Do you think <clears throat> keeping Jordi Osei Tutu will be important to? pushing NG to maintain those high standards he set for himself or, or, or someone else coming in to, to, to push him on? Because it feels like if NG doesn't have the person behind him, he may, you know, he may fall into bad habits. I think like he was a bit rusty just because it's been a bit stop-start from him. You know, he's playing it week in, week out when he was at crew. And, it, you know, he's had a bit of an injury, dropped out. So you're going to make the odd mistake. But I think it is integral that we have a couple of people in every position, you know, because competition is healthy for a squad. Um, and I think having someone like Jordi Ossetu to come back would be great because you see flashes of it in that game. Like he, he's got quality about him. He just needs a run of games, a run without injury. 
And, you know, if it comes, if we can sort something like that out early so you can have a proper pre-season with us as well mm-hmm. and bed him in properly, it would be massive for our squad. His contract does expire this year. I don't know if that expires with us. Transfer market always confuses me. So um, um, I don't know if his contract's up with Arsenal, Ben. Uh, would you would you get him back in? After yesterday's performance, kind of the first time we've been able to see him properly for a while? You'd get him in on a free, absolutely. <laughs> like the competition, and if you've got two right backs with Osei Tutu and NG, that's some real nice attacking quality. If you, we're going to stick to this wing-back system, which Mick seems to be very set on playing, that's your right-back position's covered. It sort of gives then Sang the chance to fill in as the third man or sort of move into that midfield and be that creative midfielder we want. It would solve a lot of issues. Um, but again, it's if you can keep him fit as well, there's another issue. But um, yeah, he was really impressive. Um, I think part of the reason that he's back in the squad and how good he is is why NG was pulled. I think you've sort of seen with Mick, he's not afraid to make the change if he's got players he trusts there. Um, and I thought Perry was really poor yesterday. Um it was probably his worst game for us. And yeah, with Osei Tutu on the bench, there's no reason why not make that change. No, it's good to see him getting some minutes. Um, and we, obviously we can't we can't talk about the Wiccan game. I think I know who put this in, Ben. Uh, we can't talk about the Wiccan game um, without mentioning Will Volks's, um what's the word, salvo? One minute salvo? Um, what did you make of it, Ben? Impressive. Gerard-esque, wasn't it? Yeah. I didn't actually put, I didn't put this in. I think that was, was it you, Tom, who put it in? Yeah, that was me, yeah. Yeah, well, forget everything I ever said. Ben, shut up. Tom, is Salvo impressive, wasn't it? I just, I love the kind of like juxtaposition of like Will Vox on the pitch to Will Vox off the pitch. Just like community club man of the year, helping everyone out, put him on the field. He's an absolute fucking lunatic. And like, I just, he's just a mad bastard at times. There's just no need for that challenge. Fucking stupid. It's such a daft challenge. And it's not like people are, you know, he wants a holiday early. It's not. He's just a mad bastard. And every now and again, he's, he, he thinks, oh, there's only a minute or so left in this game. I'm going to put my stamp on it. And that stamp is halfway up someone's leg. It's just, he's just, I love him. But that that's so fucking stupid. Was there any mitigating circumstances, Ben? The ball was bouncing, bouncing all over the place. Um he really had to make the tackle 35 yards away from his own goal in the 94th minute. I've got nothing. It was no. stupid, wasn't it, Ben? I've got no idea what the fuck went through his head other than, ooh, ball, ooh, studs, ooh, kill. That's literally all I can think it went through his head. It was just the pr- it was it was such a brain fart of a thing. It's either that or he saw Paige as being made manager for the Euros and thought, well, I'm not fucking getting in now anyway. I may as well make the most of it and get a really good break. I think- and that break turned out to be that player's leg. It it just shows though, doesn't it, that why he doesn't get picked for the Wales squad. Because he kind yeah. of doesn't fit in with that vibe of like you, you if you're going into like a big game in the Euros, there is part of you thinking, I don't trust him in this situation. He's a bit too rash. And I think it it'll, it could cost Carter further down the line if he carries on doing stuff like that. Um but yeah, it, it completely justifies why he's not in that Wales squad. He's completely probably ruined his chance of getting anywhere near that twenty three now. Yeah, he is not getting into the Euro squad after that. He, no. It was his last chance to sort of impress. And yeah, he did the exact opposite. He must know was, that as well. Yeah, I think he does. But you're saying about like the chances of sort of, you don't trust him, in, like he might cost us a game. The equivalent is Levitt, Levitt who's going in. And I honestly don't see what he does as a footballer. Mm. So there's, there's issues there. Paige clearly doesn't fancy him and you can sort of understand why. But then sort of the there is a strong argument to say why he should be in this squad as well. But... Dylan Levitt looks like a rat. Um, 
Kiefer Moore now get uh, Kiefer Moore. Will Volk, sorry, now gets um, two games off at the end of this season because it's a three-game ban. I assume it's carried over into next season, so he it does is, yeah. get a, a lovely extended break. Um, he'll be off until mid-August. It's like four months. Four months chilling. Fair play to the lad. We'll yeah, exactly. He will, he'll still do pre-season, won't he? No, he won't do pre-season. I'll just get him in when his first game back. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> might break someone else's legs. So leave yeah, him exactly. Out. First game, uh, everyone else is running around in 10 minutes and he's just like me fucking on Thursday when I get back playing football, hands on hips. <laughs> yeah, absolutely blowing. Um, <laughs> I suppose he could maybe dedicate more time to his community work. I suppose that's one blessing for him. Uh, mm. Win another award next year. Uh, I don't know why I attack this myth bus thing, but let's talk about Kiefer Moore again. Um, there seemed to be a few tweets going around yesterday. Kiefer Moore obviously got his 20th goal of the season and a lot of people was saying that it was almost miraculous that he'd scored 20 goals in this Cardiff side. Um, ben, is that something you subscribe to, a belief you subscribe to? Yeah, I think it's impressive. Any striker... I'm just so used to have Cardiff having shit strikers, though. Hmm. Like, I'm used to seeing Rudy Kestead for how long, however long we had him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, leave Rudy alone. No shit. Yeah, he was. I just wanted to make a nice story. Carry on. <laughs> so like, that's sort of why I'm, I think it stands out more that we've got a striker that's finally scored, broke the 20-goal mark. Um, we've also not exactly been the most exciting or inspiring teams to watch. There are a lot of times you're thinking during games, fuck me, we're never scoring. But then despite that, you look at how many goals we scored, it turns out we scored quite a lot. Yeah. Tom, do you, is this, is, do you believe it's a miracle? Do you believe in miracles? To quote um, that famous commentator from Lake Placid. It's, um, it's impressive, but I don't think it's miracles because he is our only focal point. So if he's not scoring, fucking no one is at the moment. That's that's the point, isn't it? Like, it, it, he is clearly a fantastic striker and there's a reason why he's our focal point. But, like, early in the season, you could sense he would be in and around that 20 mark. I thought he was going to fall just short, but it's great. Like, that's, you could see that psychological thing when that second goal yeah. went in. Like, he knew he was aiming for 20. And I think he will, like, he was going to the Euro score and he said that. But I think part of him would be happy to just check out now. He's at that magic 20 mark. I'm, and, like... As fans as well, we've been crying out for a striker to do that. Because um, we do play shite football at times and we've become so accustomed to it. But it's just, and it's, but it, the fact he's a Welsh striker as well, you know, scoring 20 goals for us, it, it makes it that a little bit sweeter. And he's got lovely hair. Yeah, he's got lovely um, hair. Is it, not, is it not, Ben, just refreshing that we have a striker who can do that? Because we, we, you know, we'll go through some stats in a minute, but going back to when we first got promoted, what was it? Hyder Helgerson got eight. Um, going back to the season we got promoted under Neil Warnock, I think it was uh, Patson and Zahor got sort of nine, ten each. Hoylet got sort of eight, nine goals that season as well. And we were talking about how we, you know, we we were been crying out for a striker to score and be our focal point. Is it just not a good thing? Oh, it's a massively good thing. I don't think anyone's really complained that we've got a striker that's scoring twenty goals. Um, yeah, it's a great thing we finally got that striker. Christ, we've been crying out for it for ten years. Yeah, I think he's um, the first player to reach 20 goals since uh, Peter Whittingham in 2009-2010. Obviously, Bothroyd got 18 in, what, 2011? Um, and yeah. that's probably the closest we've come since then. Um, this quite. I just I did some delving into some stats. Um, I think if we look at last season, we actually scored, again, surprisingly, last season, we managed to become fourth in the league for goals scored. We're in ninth for, for shots per game with 12.5, and our top scorer last season with Lee Tomlin with eight goals, followed by Glatzel Ward, Rouse Hoyler with seven each. This season, we're currently fifth for goals. We've only scored 61, but we're eighth for shots per game with 11.6. And this season, we've had more with 20 goals than our our next top scorers are Morrison, Volks, Rawls, Ogier with five and Wilson with four. Um, It's just, it's 
it's a good thing, isn't it, Tom, that we've got one striker plying in the goals and the goals are just less spread out this year, aren't they? Yeah, it is a good thing. I th- but I think the reason that we think we score less than we do is the amount of goals we score from open play. I think we're like something like 15th in the league or something for scoring goals from open play. But so do they like, count more from open play? No, they don't. But it's what looks better on TV, isn't it? I think, but like, I think that's why we're lulled into thinking we're not high scorers at times. But it's just we're very good from corners. You know, we've got some big lads up top, but also defenders as well who chip in. But no, it is refreshing to have that 20 goal striker. And like, part of me wishes or what thinks like, what would it have been like if we'd had him in past teams? Perhaps he wouldn't have scored as many because, again, he wouldn't be that main focal point. But it, it would be interesting. It's a bit of a pity that he seems to be such a standout player in the team at the moment, which feels like we're lacking a few other players elsewhere because we've been crying out for the striker for so long. But he's come at a time where we seem to be struggling elsewhere. Yeah. On the and I think that's where it's going to be key in the summer now is that we need to rebuild elsewhere so we can get even more out of him next season. If you imagined him in, if, if you know, if last season we were scoring more goals and we were creating more chances per game last season by about one chance, Ben, if we'd had him in last year's team with people like Tomlin, Ward, and Rouse all getting seven each, who knows what the story might have been last season, right? We, you know, we, we not scraped into playoffs, we got into playoffs quite comfortably, but we could have been pushing higher up the table. Yeah, we sort of, most of last season, we were crying out for someone that was consistently scoring goals. And like we see, like we can clearly see Kiefer's now at that stage of his career where he's consistently hitting double figures. I think it's the last four seasons running he's hit double figures. We consider it like he played in a terrible Wigan side last year. Um, on top of that, sort of getting 20 with us. Um, he'd have been massive. Um, he is massive. He is, yeah. But despite... I, I, I've got. I still th- remember thinking, like when we were linked with him, the January before last, with was Harris or Warnock? I can't remember. The window probably, before we actually signed him, it would have been Harris, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been Harris. And I was sort of worried then if we'd signed him, would it have been a case of we just sort of hoof it up to him and it wouldn't work? And clearly, we've kept that plan anyway. It's happened, and it really, really did work. But mm-hmm. I think we had better, better players around him last season. So yeah, it would have. Um, it would have made the playoffs a lot more interesting, I think. I think that's why we were so excited when he signed as well. Yeah. We were hoping that Tomlin would be fit. And, you know, when you see the, like, like the flicks that Tomlin pulled off of Leeds and stuff, like having little link-up moments of that with Moore and Tomlin, you know, it just, it's, it's what you won as a fan. And then when you see Harry Wilson come in, I think that's why a lot of us think that he hasn't done as well as he could have, because that felt like a dream team. They already knew each other from Wales as well. They thought this is something we could really kick on with, but it hasn't quite, even though he's got that total of goals, it just hasn't quite kicked on. We haven't had like players running off more. Like, and I think that's what we'll hope for from Johnny Williams and stuff next year. But hopefully there's more to come from him. If you look at Bothford's figures, he had a lot more assists as well, where you don't really get that from more at the moment. Hopefully that's something that can, like, you know, we can develop going into next season. It's like we brought up last week, wasn't it? One assist yeah, for the yeah. bloke that's won the most... Aerial 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 I'm looking at his, um, so since 2017-18, Kiefer Moore scored 13 and 22 at Rotherham that season. Um, And he also got 4 and 20 for Barnsley, obviously moved on in January that season. In League One at Barnsley, 2018-19, he got 17 and 31. For Wigan last year, he got 10 and 36. This year, he's got 20 and 40 for Cardiff. He seems to be hitting that sort of one, a goal every other game, um, which I think is obviously important maintenance for next season. Um, Going into the Twitter questions, um, 
So David Carter has, has asked two questions, but the second one I'll focus on first because it's about Kiefer Moore. And, and it comes down to that kind of, I think, intrinsic worry that Cardiff City fans have that any striker we have does well is going to leave at some point. Um, ben, what would the offer need to be for Kiefer to make the club sit up and consider it? He mentions that Ollie Watkins got 26 goals, but then moved to 28 million to Villa as a benchmark. But I think the Watkins was younger. Brentford had a 25 million pound kind of um, uh, exit clause on that exit clause, uh, you know, minimum fee on that kind of thing. You know, how much... Kiefer Moore's 28. Um, he's got two years left on his deal at Cardiff. 20 goals in the Championship this season. He's a player that might be slightly old-fashioned in the modern game in the Premier League. But if you're someone like Norwich looking for goals to bolster Pookie, uh, you know, what kind of offer would you expect to receive for someone like Moore? What would it take for you to accept something? Well, I think back to us getting... How much do we get for Kenza Horse? Eight, eight million? We can't use eight him as a base for this. Yeah, <laughs> so we're... we're, we're <laughs> Let's um, go back to Bothroyd, free. Oh, free, yeah, there we go. Um, I think, like, realistically, you could expect for the season he's had around 15 million quid would be about the sort of right asking for price considering he's 28 and never played at the top flight. He's not got huge sell-on value. He's a player that if, if you took him to the Premier League, you're sort of getting the best years out of him and selling him on for a loss later on. You're relying on him keeping you up, not sort of selling him on for a profit. So... Yeah, I reckon as much as you sort of look at the Ollie Watkins figure and say that should be around the benchmark we're looking at, you th- some might suggest saying they want 30-odd million for him. You're not going to get that in this market. I think 15 million is something the club would really struggle to turn down. Tom? Yeah, I think that 15, I think, is what I think that's, that would kind of turn Vincent Tan's head. Um, but it, it depends what happens in the Euros. Like, yeah. that could add another 5, 10 million to it if he has a good Euros. Or... He, could lower his price if he just fuck all. So um, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Like I, I really hope he just stays with us because he might, they, he might not draw interest. From, he might not be the type of player that any of the teams up there will want. But like you look at someone like Chris Wood today, you got a hat trick for Burnley, and you think, oh, there is kind of a need for that type of player, and it, it can be effective against certain teams. So I'm sure someone will look at him. But I, I, I think he'll be with us next season. I was looking at Chris Wood because I, I didn't. I looked at his stats today. Four seasons in the Premier League at Burnley, and he's got ten goals. He's, he's reached double figures in each season for a yeah. very bad Burnley side. That's no mean feat, is it? He's a good player. He's a really good player. He's an effective player. He's clever runs. You know, he's in the right position. And I see similarities. I think Kiefer Moore's got a little bit more to his game than Chris Wood has. Would you, if Burnley came in and said, "We'll give you"? Chris Wood and ten million pounds for Kiefer Moore. They won't, but like theoretically, would you would you potentially swap Chris Wood and a bit of money for Kiefer Moore? I think it's unrealistic. It's just like a hypothetical. How how old is Chris Wood? Twenty nine. Not too similar in age. I probably would, to be honest. Worse hair though. Yeah, he's got That's worse hair. Think about. Yeah, true. But there's something quite exotic about having a, a, a Kiwi playing for us. I suppose adds another yeah. dimension. You know, might open up a new fan base for us down. Down in New Zealand, but I think like six listeners down there. Yeah, so yeah. We, it might be good for the pod. We could do a live show in Auckland. The pod, yeah, do it. Get on the phone, Ben. Sort it out. All right, Ben. Would you would you swap Chris Wood for Keeper Moore? And ten mil yeah, with, with ten mil, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, with the money. Sorry, I am. Yeah, yeah. I went with that yeah, saying. Yeah, Chris I, Wood's I, bringing it in his pockets. Yeah, <laughs> he's um, got a check. Yeah, I would. I think that Chris Wood was very effective in the championship when he's played there before. Um, I'm talking like it's going to fucking happen. Why? Am yeah, I know. Just, yeah. just made this up. It'd be the yeah. it'd, be all, it'd be all over Twitter soon. But no, it's the sort of thing that would make sense for the club to do it. But I don't think the club. I don't think that sort of thing is going to be an offer. I think there'll be more. Swap. I don't think it will either. 
no, this, this, is gonna be a lot, this is absolute rubbish. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of swaps and sort of involving players this summer, though. I think it's a sort of summer with the sort of COVID's really hit now, financial restrictions. I think that's what we'll see a few transfers of part exchanges. But um, yeah, like 15 million for Kiefer off a two million pound investment. The board will be tapping themselves on the back there, giving themselves a job all done, won't they? Yeah, it's an, yeah. it'd be an interesting window as well because there wasn't a proper one last time. And that's why you saw the likes of Norwich and Watford doing well this year because they didn't have a chance to lose their players after coming yeah. down. So, and I think there'll be a lot of teams who've been doing a lot of transfer planning for longer than usual. They've had a lot more time to watch games. Every game's on fucking TV as well. So <laughs> scouts don't even have to move very far to watch players week in, week out as well. So I think it could be a really, really interesting window. And then throw in a major tournament with it as well. It, 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 yeah, it could be silly season. Oh, you're saying all that and then you just think that Cardiff in that time during COVID have like redone their scouting setup twice. Yeah. <laughs> We'll make it easy for ourselves, do we? Yeah. Um, and, and David's other question was: Will we be better? Will we be better at home next season with the supporters in the stadium? Nine home defeats is unusual for us in the championship. He raises a good point there, Ben. Wouldn't normally lose that many games at home. Some of those games might become draws. Um, fans coming back into the stadium, all being well. Do you think next season, you know, with Mick McCarthy as well, there'll be more more of a fortress at home? Yeah, look, I think our record at the Cardiff City Stadium since we've moved there has been pretty bloody good all in all it's probably the worst season we've had at home is this year if not the one under the sort of middle of the road season under Slade um, we're really effective at home we're normally the fans are there sort of get drag players over the line um, it's not a nice place to come if the fans really against you for away teams as well it'll make a big difference I know it sort of says all over the facts sort of like throughout the season that teams tend to be doing worse at home away teams seem to get more wins and draws so it'll make make a huge difference and hopefully Fingers crossed, everything going right. Um, we'll be back there next season, early on, sort of. Ho- hopefully, for the first game. Tom, you're not in. Do you agree? I think, yeah, we might see some bumper crowds as well. You know, because the appetite will be there from fans to go back, and it gives us a platform to get. If we start well and we have a lot of fans in the ground, you know, it, it could really be a turning point for us. I think because it, it does make a difference having fans in the ground, and for, especially for a club like ours, it may not be the same for other clubs, but. As much as some people are saying it, it's not a fact, I think it's it's massive for a team like this. Do you think we'll see bumper crowds though? So if I've had this chat with my mate, um, next year I'm not renewing, even if the season tickets are there, purely because sort of what it's made me realise is while I've missed a lot of it, my mate's just, for me, it's personal circumstance to change. My mate's having a kid, so he won't be renewing who I go with week in, week out. I've got back playing football because obviously couldn't go to the stadium to sign for a Sunday league team. I'll be playing that instead. Um, do you not Games think part Saturday of Saturday be... mainly, mate? You play Sunday league. Right, well, well, in Wales, it's sat- on Wales, it's Saturday, isn't it? It's a Saturday sort of Welsh league thing. So you're sort of looking at that and sort of thinking, people. A lot of people went to City as a force of habit. They didn't know what else to do with the Saturdays. Yeah, it's a good point. They found it's other a... things to sort of fill that void over the last eighteen months. Yeah, I mean, I'd hate to be working in the club's marketing department because they got a hell of a job on their hands, right? Um, people, mm. people are going to have to press finances. People are, like you say, are going to found other things to be doing. Um, the season hasn't gone as well as they would have liked, um, and, and it becomes a vicious circle in that sense, doesn't it? If, if, if the fans aren't there to put the money in for season tickets, will the, will the, te- the, the board invest in the team if there's not a crowd there to see it? It, it could be an interesting summer, in, in, and I think it'd be the same for a lot of teams. I don't think that's just unique to Cardiff. If you're if you supported any football league club, or if you've been going to, and, and you've had a season ticket all that time, and all of a sudden you haven't, you might appreciate having that extra three hundred quid in your pocket. You might appreciate the time it's afforded you on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, people become sort of disassociated from football as well it's a, it's a lot harder to enjoy it watching it week in week out on your TV 
I I'm really yeah. sort of, it's it's not been well sort of it's not been horrific. It's not exactly been a season I'm going to go out and buy the DVD for, is it? But you're you're right. You you dis, like you say you disassociate from it. It's like taking ketamine. Um, you kind of remove yourself from your body a little bit. And I think that's what's happened with football. <laughs> People are just a weird analogy. <laughs> you don't, you don't have, but you don't have the same, you don't have the same emotional attachment to the football, right? Because you, like you say, you watch it at home and half the time you watch it on your laptop because um, you watch it through a stream that the club put on. And at the end of it, you just close your laptop and go, oh, well, that's that. Like the, the only game. Out garden to do the, the, to the garden, do whatever. The yeah. Exactly. And like, as much as, I, you know, the Swansea game was the one is the outlier for me because that was, you know, 90, 85 minutes of being so nervous about the result and all that kind of stuff. But even the Swansea game, we lost um, at home, at, you know, at the end of the game again, as much as it did ruin my weekend, I was still able to disengage with it in a different way than I would have if I'd gone to the game. And it's just like, I think, like you say, that people's associations and relationship with football has changed. And I think you might see some people as well go into the lower league clubs now, even yeah. though they're not yeah, involved in like the Super League shit. But I think it gives that general impression about that level of football because we are playing that a decent level of football. And you might see people go, turning around and going, I'm going to watch Murthy and watch Barry a bit more. Do you know what I mean? Rather than watching Cardiff as well. So, because it is cheaper, it's like five or eight quid to get in. You know, it, it doesn't turn into a 200 pound day like it would watching Cardiff it's, if you take it's cheaper. Days. It's cheaper and you can have a pint stood by the, by the ground. Yeah. You can go four or five of you. Can, you can have two or three beers during the game instead of, well, seven or eight beers during the game. Um, and you don't have to go to the bar each time to get it. You don't have to go and queue for a beer. You can take your own cans into a lot of these places. It just creates a, it's a, it's a more enjoyable experience. You haven't got the baggage that the club sort of produced over the last, what, five, six years. It's yeah. not been an easy time. Like, while we've been very successful on, like, on the pitch, off the pitch, it's not been okay, the rebound's finished and stuff, but there's still been a lot of shit going on backstage that sort of made it difficult to be a fan. It's not exactly been a time we sort of, you're buzzing and massively proud about the club week in, week out. There's been a lot of bad shit going on that sort of thinks, for fuck's sake, Cardiff, this is not why I'm supporting you. And that's going to affect a lot of people. There's only so much people can take. The rebrand did a lot of damage. There's other stuff that's gone on since that's going to do even more. And there's only going to so long that the fans are going to take it before the club really sort of has to make amends. And as good as some of the stuff they've done has been, they've never really done a grand gesture to try and win those people back or sort of show that support. And I think that's sort of at the stage now where the club is. But the fans don't owe the club anything. We've been fans for a long time. Like the money will still be there. People will still put money into the club. But it's about, I think it comes to a point where the clubs start taking it a bit too for granted, which I think our club have been guilty of as much as any other club over the last few years. And yeah, I think it could sort of, be, like you said, it's an interesting time to see what happens as far as marketing goes for the season ticket and when they go on sale. But, I'd love to know how much they're going to be. But even if they don't go to the games, carry on listening to the podcast, you know? Yeah. We'll, we'll be tell, your eyes and ears. We'll tell. Yeah, even if Ben isn't in the game because he's playing Saturday League football, one of us will be there. Yeah, one of us will be. That's we'll our make, commitment. We'll, That's our commitment to you. One of us three will be at the game. We'll, we'll do it in shifts. Yeah. Should we get a shared season ticket? <laughs> Is that allowed? Oh, wait. No, shut up. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Didn't Move say anything. from the Ninian written on the season ticket. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Mr. Ninian. 
Mr. Ninian. Um, <laughs> they turn out, oh, we sold that in the Ninian stand. Fuck. Do you run the canter then? Um, the other question, the other Twitter question we had, two Twitter questions. See what I mean about people not being as interested as we are? Uh, Ollie James, CCFC Ollie, says, if Cole will come perform like that every week, is there much need for a replacement for Wilson? Or would it make sense to bring in someone with a bit more experience? Um, I think we talked about it last week, Tom. Uh, Johnny Williams, if he sticks around, uh, which I feel like he will. Um, if we had him and Cole Will as the, 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 the two to fill in that number 10 role, is that something that you would go for? Yeah, it doesn't excite you, though, does it? Like Colwell's very unproven, you know. Fuck, uh, like Johnny Williams is made out of matchsticks, so I think we need someone else in there. Uh, that would be my gut feeling. Someone else more experienced to come in, steady the ship, because you know we've massively lacked in that position this year. At times, we, we've we've lacked like a creative midfielder, um, and I, I'd be disappointed if we don't go out and look for another one. Ben, yeah, um, it's not even a case of sort of. We don't play with just one ten. We play with two just behind the striker, don't we? It's sort of they play sort of narrow, they're narrow, very narrow wingers, like inside forwards sort of things. So um, yeah, even if we lose, even if like cause we're going to lose o- from mixed comments, we're losing both Ojo and Wilson. He's not looking to expecting to bring either of them back. Um, yeah, even if you've got Cole, you're going to have to bring someone else in. Hoylet's going as well, despite Mick clearly not fancying the whole time he's been there. We're losing a lot of width and a lot of pace in that squad, so. As good as Colwell is, we need bodies in that area. That's going to be one of the crucial areas we sort of recruiting in, as well as fullback, as well as centre back, as well as striker, as well as central midfield, and as well as a goalkeeper. But the sounds things. Broken my heart by telling me Ojo is going to go. Not sure I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. Anyway, moving on to Birmingham. Um, both teams have nothing to play for. Um, ben, are you going to be watching the game? I'll watch it. I'll be I'll be dozy and forget that they'll probably be in a legal stream for it and pay for it because I'm a penis. But yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not excited. I'm not really, as I'd imagine a lot of the listeners, um, not really invested in it either. It's um, a nothing game for us, isn't it? Mm, it is. Um, Tom, They're safe now as well, aren't they? They are safe. Yeah, they beat, uh, yeah. beat Derby. Lucas Djukovic scored um, two very Lucas Djukovic headers. Um, in that game um, but it's funny to put uh, Derby are really struggling at the bottom so that's class um, when it, um, something about snow I don't know can't think of a joke um, Tom you know we talk about experimentation Colwell uh, is there anyone else you want to play in this game who you know is it time to give Hoyler his grand tour no probably not I think he's more than happy <laughs> not playing as well um, I don't know I don't I don't like, like Ben was saying no one really cares now like we'll kind of watch and have some sort of sense of duty, but I don't really mind what Mick does, and I don't know what game to expect from it. Like it could be a boring nil-nil, but you see some of the games in the Prem now where, like Burnley winning four 0 away from home at this stage of the season, you you don't you don't have a clue what's going to happen. So it, it could easily end up being a four-all because players will just try things they don't normally try because they've got the opportunity to do it. So in, if that's the case, it might be worth watching just just in case there might be a thriller. It's more likely than it usually is, but. I don't really mind what he does. Have a go. I said it. I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. Vincent Tan's got 11 kids. Sign them up, stick them up, and let's just do it. Fuck it. And it's it's like end of year when your teacher sort of brings in the video player, isn't it? In school, when you see that big video like TV being wheeled in, let's just do that. Or like Sunday league, we pick your position out of the hat on the last game of the season. Oh God. <laughs> You could do it with Vincent Tan's kids because they haven't been registered at a previous club. So um, at this stage, they could, they could play. Um, 
literally should, don't know any of their names. Should we campaign for one of us to get a game? <laughs> uh, I I think I can't because I'm registered with a different FA, <laughs> but I'm registered at a club at the moment. Yeah, um, I'm signed. Signed. You have to be you, Phillips. Well, I knew. Well, I knew that was the case, so that's why I suggested it. <laughs> Um, you, I mean, you don't want me playing for you at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm dreadful. Um, did almost score a free kick this morning, no boys. So, uh, yeah, and, a clean, and a clean sheet in five aside, six aside. Sorry, clean, sheet, clean yeah. sheet on Thursday as well. Yeah, put in a few blocks. The, 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 the opposing keeper said our defense was like the iron curtain. And talking about opposing keepers, let's welcome back Neil Etheridge. Look at that segue. Come back, Neil. Um, nice to see him again, isn't it, Ben? Nice to see Neil and his lovely hair. It is, yeah. Barbers in South Wales have had a tough enough time with lockdown, despite his barber clearly losing about £6,000 a week with Neil Efridge leaving. Had his um, haircut once every four days. It's mental, just that. Eh? Genuinely? Yeah. Genuinely, yeah. Joe Rawls said, you know when we were in the Premier League, he did like teammates for um, Soccer AM. Yeah. And he was like, um, he's like, he's the hair king. And he's like, well, it's like Beno, Beno uses a lot of product. But Efridge, about once every four days, I think. It was like once every four days, and it was I think it was always the day or the day or in the in the day before a game he would have it cut. Wow. That fit play. More money than sense, Ben. That's what I say. <laughs> wow, very, very good. Very true. Um which footage the West Whalian you've ever been that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it just came out. That was sorry. Proper, like, uh, um Key question though, Ben, is he left or right footed? Um I don't think he knows, does he? No. No. no I, mean, one knows. He, I loved him. I loved him as a keeper. He was a great shot stopper, was brilliant in the Premier League, but as soon as he came back down, I don't know what happened, but he couldn't kick with either foot and he had piss wrists. And then his hamstrings decided to explode at Wigan as well. Yeah. Shame. Shame, really. Uh, but it will be nice to see him again. Um they've also got Lee Bowyer as manager. Um, he was a bit of a prick when he was a player, wasn't he? Yeah, no. le- le- less nice to see him. Less nice to see him. Um, well, let's not, let's not go too wild. He was sort of, it was between him and Neil Harris. He almost became our manager, didn't he? Oh, oh, what a mistake to make her. <laughs> <laughs> Should have hired him, really, because he didn't really. I think the, 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 I watched a bit of the Birmingham Derby game yesterday because it was on, um, it was the early kickoff. Um, first half was dreadful, but Birmingham in the second half really took the game to Derby, um, made them pay for being utterly garbage. Um, it's quite interesting. A lot of the Derby fans on Twitter were calling, let's talk about Derby, calling for Wayne Rooney's head, um, which would be quite oh, nice, funny. wouldn't it? Wayne Rooney, and he looked massive at the end of the game yesterday. I don't know what he's been doing, but he looked even bigger than he did as a player, Rooney. Looks like he's been in the gym on the on the weights. Um, and that's the Birmingham preview done. So, uh, <laughs> uh, predictions for the game, Ben? Who gives a fuck? Um, uh, nil nil. No, no. Who's getting booked? Um, who's good for a booking? Marlon Park. Yeah. All right, Tom. You said three. four all a minute ago. Nah, three one. I reckon we win. Uh, and who is going to take our corners? Oh, I don't know. We'll be playing. Um, Normally, Joe Riles is on the corner duty. Yeah, I think I think he'll play. Yeah, keep it keep it safe, Joe Riles. Why not, <laughs> Joe Riles? All right, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two 0 Cardiff, and um, I'm gonna go. Oh, what's first sub, Ben? First sub a... is going to be Ojo on for Murphy. That's the easiest fucking prediction of all of them. That he only does three <laughs> substitutions. <laughs> well, be in charge of the questions then, Ben. 
<laughs> um, right, rounding off the podcast this week, as usual, is the view from Ninian Hall of Fame. I'll explain it now because I explain it every week. So if you haven't got it yet, then you're never going to fucking get it. The view from the Ninian Hall of Fame is where we pick something, could be anything from the Cardiff City Annals, and put it up for a public vote to see what gets into the view from Ninian Hall of Fame. We've done about 35 of these over the season. You can find it on twitter.com slash VFT Ninian, and you can look for the hashtag VFTNHOF. Find the typos, you win a prize though. Um, ben Price, what were the results for this week? Well, I don't think it was a typo for one. <laughs> no, it wasn't a typo, but... Yeah, fuck you. It um, might have been, I didn't check that closely. <laughs> no, there almost was. Just as I was about to press send, I saw that and was abs on the last tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I made that change before it went out, so it's fine. Um, Good. Yeah, so... Um, last place is last week's winner. Copper rustling jimmies. It <laughs> just sounds so that? weird. <laughs> Why did I pick it? Let me get. I think I got nine percent of the vote. You did get exactly nine percent of the vote. Get in. Um, in second place is the Puma leak shirt from two thousand and three, and the winner is Vincent Hans trousers oh, with a massive fifty three percent of the vote. So, in in the worst, best way possible, that's exactly what this Hall of Fame was designed for. Yeah, getting yeah, stupid yeah. shit voted for. But at the same time, it's so galling. Yes, it is. Are we trying? To, are we saying that we'd rather watch a man in Vincent Tran- Tan's trousers than see our beautiful leak shirt? Deal with it. Just deal with it. Imagine if that shirt was a beautiful yeah. leak shirt. For the, go on, Tom. But, you can explain. Yeah, for the benefit of the listener, Ben is holding up a picture of Vincent Tan's trousers. Vincent <laughs> Tan is wearing them at the time. Um, right then, that leads this week's uh, this week's vote, this week's nomination. Sorry, is started off by last week's winner, Ben Price. Uh, who are you going to nominate, Ben Price? Uh, I'm nominating one of the more underrated sort of characters of the early days of the Cardiff City Stadium, a man that sort of the underrated sort of giver of one of our favourite moments in our first year at the Cardiff City Stadium, Chopra Science Jacks. But Aaron Keith Wildig flicked it on. So my nomination for the View from the Union Hall of Fame is Aaron Keith Wildig because for some reason over the last few weeks, I've developed an obsession with him. I wished him happy birthday. He replied. I got a little bit excited. Um, yeah, so Aaron Wildig is my nomination and deservedly should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right, I, I'm going to I'm gonna help you out here because I was reading the non-league paper today, uh, the non-league paper, the football league paper today, and the teammates person this week was someone from Morecambe, and he said the most likely person to disgrace themselves at the Christmas party is Aaron Wildig, and the most likely <laughs> person to be first on the dance floor is Aaron Wildig, so he seems like a bit of a canon as well. He seems like a good lad, so all of it, and his middle name's Keith. I thought you'd made that up, I have to oh. check, because I, and you're, it is correct, I thought you'd done it to make him look even more vote-worthy. I thought you just threw a random no, Keith cheap. in the middle. <laughs> You've got to respect that. You've really got to respect that as a middle name. 181 appearances for Morecambe. Um, He's 20, was he 28? 28. And Morecambe looked like they might be on the verge of coming back up from League Two to, um, over the course of the season. And his hair at Shrewsbury. Wow. What a look. But he's um, 28 and he's got the, and his parents in the year, was he 92 or 91? So he'd be 90, 92. 92 years, yeah. Yeah. So in yeah. the year 1992, looked at a baby, called him Aaron, so got to the first page of the names book, mm. and I thought, you know what will suit this kid for the middle name is Keith. There's also... He still, um, still went on to be a successful professional footballer. Standout feature, if, mate. If you, if you search his name, 
Um, there's a FIFA careers Reddit subreddit. Um, I don't know what when was this posted two years ago. Aaron Wildig, only real player left in my team, retires with two Premier Leagues, two Champions League, one league, uh, one league two, two league ones, an FA Cup, a Carabao Cup, a UEFA Super Cup, and a Community Shield. So he had a what storied a, career on this what FIFA a career. Game. He was obviously won all that, and his rating was still only sixty six. <laughs> so. Good for him. Good for Aaron Keith Wildig in the virtual world of FIFA. Tom, over to you, because you came second. Yeah, so I've gone for, you know, it was St George's Day recently, and at least we've got the benefit of saying that was the day that we took the FA Cup out of England. I'm not going for the FA Cup win. That's a little bit too far, I think, you know. I might have a chance of that. I'm going for Fred Keener's cigarette, because it's iconic. You know, the skill that man had carrying the trophy on and didn't get one tiny bit of ash on that trophy. Can you know, this, though? say again. How can you confirm that? Can you can you disprove it? Touche. Yeah. So anyway, back to the cigarette. You know, I'm actually disappointed that the you know the statue outside the ground doesn't have a cigarette in his mouth. I, I don't think it's realistic enough, and I think there should be a campaign to have it instated. Because I, th- I I think it's one of the best things to come out of that is just the pictures of him holding the trophy with just a ciggy hanging from his mouth. Brilliant. Don't get that modern football, do you? Game's gone. Well, the right back from my Sunday league team um, smoked a cigarette at the end of the game today, but we hadn't won the FA Cup. So um that, that helps. Yeah, but, yeah, I think maybe. <laughs> All right. Um, and I'm going to round off my nomination with... Um, I'm just nominating Glenn Luthens. Um I, I feel like I've nominated him before, but I'm going to give him another go. Um, I, I don't think, um, you know, we've signed a lot of handsome players in our time, but I don't think many of them come close to the, the handsomeness of Glenn Leuvens. Um, he also had the, the double whammy of being an exotic Dutch player back when we just didn't sign exotic Dutch players in 2008, um, even slightly before that, actually, 2005, when we first signed him. Um, what a defender he was. He brought a bit of um, continental style to our back four with him and Darren Purse playing together. What a partnership. Um, you know, Glenn Lubens was just a, a cracking footballer and he was also a cracking looking fella as he, um, you know, got up to some off-field activities that we won't mention. Um, but I think he was... Um, they're both looking at their phones. Both looking at their phones. No, <laughs> this is it? unbelievable. I'm on, his Wiki- I'm on his Wikipedia page. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he was class. What more do you want? I had a goal disallowed in the 2008 FA Cup final, which should have counted, in my opinion. Should have counted. Should, should have, have counted. counted. Yeah, should have counted. Um, so I want to put Glenn Lubens in because he's fit. Fair enough. Um, it's no so worse argument than ever anyone else. No, exactly. Um, so Ben, has when he will retired? the vote got... He has retired. Yeah, he was at Sunderland no. last season, I think it was. Uh, but he got injured, and I think that was his last kind of um, uh, foray into football. That's a shame. Right. Getting back? Should we get back at the club? Have a go. Uh, ben, when's the vote happening? Uh, don't know. I said Thursday last time it went out on Saturday. So, um, Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> My God, uh, happening on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it on Wednesday. That was the old school day. Go, go follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Honestly, if you're not following us on Twitter by now, what the fuck have you been doing all season? Um, look out. If you don't use anything else. Exactly. We only post about this. We on are Twitter. one trick pony. <laughs> Uh, so make sure you're checking us out uh, I don't know where I'm going with that make sure you're checking out our Twitter feed at some point this week to have your say in our boat if you like what we do you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian where you can donate the price of a cup of coffee or more we like more money really 
Uh, we do this for free. We do this for the love. Um, and I don't even know if we're doing it for the love anymore. We're doing this out of um, <laughs> your duty. like it this week, does it? <laughs> uh, line, line of duty's on in 15 minutes, and this is our line of duty, isn't it? We're only here to catch bent footballers. Um, so, um, God, I'm just so with the zeitgeist at the moment. Um, anyway, Ben, um, what are you going to do after this podcast is done? Watch line of duty. Yeah, Tom? I mean, I'm still in a barbecue food phase on Netflix. I'm watching Chef's Table. Oh, very good. Oh, you missed that, mate. I've had a barbecue this afternoon. Absolutely fucking smashed it. Jerk chicken. Oh. Why is the chicken being a jerk? It's a knob. I love jerk chicken. I'm going to go back on Punternet, I think. Um, (laughs) Just round it off uh, this Sunday night. um... Podcast Punternet. No, please don't. My dad listens to it again, boys. <laughs> Every now and again, we'll make sure he doesn't listen to this one. Um, He's got this I, don't worry. <laughs> Whatever happened to Hugh from the Ninian, eh? That was a really good feature that kind of yeah. died off, died of death. Yeah, class that one. Um, last one of the season, long. we'll get him to do it. Try and get, see if we can get him to do one last one at the end of the season. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him in for the last in the season. season. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. Get him in for the last game of the season. All right, then. Nice one, lads. Uh, see you next week. All the last. Here's a room. Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage, and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced Fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is, I've already got hours waiting for us after this, and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking. So how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>